0: sip
1: of this i took one sip of the the sangria and you're losing it no no i i just um i'm very i'm very warm right now because the sangria it's warm in here no no the sangria made me warmer however warm
0: you feel multiply that i'm about
1: 15 degrees warmer than you (laughs) think mind you you want to hear the biggest joke i made it so I can't even blame anybody but myself for why it's you so strong. You made that? Yeah. We had a new moon ceremony last night. You could... Oh, my God. We should have invited you. It was a new you moon should have. Cer- it was me, uh, Brittany Hall... Um, a couple folks from rap shit. It was, it was, it was a time. Jonica,
0: I love Jonica. Jonica so a good fun. friend of mine.
1: Yeah, and she thought she was showing up for a birthday party and didn't read the invite correctly. Uh, I'm
0: done, so she came all bedazzled.
1: She came, she came looking like Cat Daddy, thinking she was going to a birthday I'm party, busy. and ended up, ended up in a group therapy session for a new moon ceremony. By the end, we were all crying. She's Jonathan. like, I ain't coming to cry. Like, it was a lot. It yeah. was a lot. But now that I think about the next time we do one. I'm there. Because Brittany literally just texted me, you need to do it again. You should have been there. I should have. You're going to be there next time. I and will. So the glasses. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so this is the thing. You had you sat down. I was already tipsy from accidentally uh, giving myself too much alcohol. And then okay. you had these glasses. Yeah. Uh, this is how rumors get started. Okay. <laughs>
0: Explain the glasses to the audience. Okay, so, my, all of us, so I'm nearsighted. Oh okay. Extremely nearsighted. What what does that mean nearsighted? That means you That means be... I can't see far away. Okay, got like, it. Like at all. So even though I'm like in front of you, you would be blurry and I would be squinting. Oh. But every gla- pair of glasses I own, including all of my sunglasses, have prescription lenses. Got it. And today getting here was a time. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, okay, so I grabbed these cuz they were on the kitchen counter.
1: And they're cute for outside and running. Thank errands. you.
0: Yeah, they're Tom Ford, and I. That's a flex, I, girl. That's
1: the first flex of the show.
0: <laughs> and I, um, they were on the counter. I'm on a glycemic diet. I'm juicing all my food. No alcohol. No cigarettes for Wait 60 days. But you look so luscious right now. I know. We'll get into that. But okay. <laughs> but the, but I was rushing, so I, I my allergies have been kicking my ass. Mm-hmm. I got up, I've been sleeping crazy because I'm afraid to go to sleep because I felt like I would stop breathing. Like my breathing has just been that labored.
1: Oh, that's So real. last
0: night, so yesterday I was finally like able to breathe and I was just like, so my sleep though was crazy. I was so tired because I haven't been sleeping mm-hmm. and I woke up at eight, fed the dog, put the dog out, prepped all my stuff to juice, sat down, fell back asleep. Got up at 1230 and I was like, shit, my interview. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm starving. So when you text me finally, the I went and got my computer to see how far I had to go. Email wasn't even there. Something's going on with my emails. Yeah, so you I, had a day. A day. So when I text you and I didn't hear anything back, I was like, I know you had your dental stuff. So I was like, yeah. maybe she's still under the weather, hopefully. And I don't hear anything. And then in the middle of me pressing my my next my new batch of watermelons child my phone says ding ding and it's you like hey girl yeah i'm like (laughs) shit so now i'm trying to hurry up and get ready i forgot to put the spout back on watermelon juice flies everywhere and in my panic i knocked over a giant bowl of watermelon juice over the entire floor now here comes the husky and he's you know, just that was a
1: dog, I'd be excited.
0: lapping it up now he's red i'm like i had to put him out and then on my way out after i clean everything up here comes the gardener so now i have to go back out in the backyard as i'm like pulling down my street the gardener's pulling up and i'm like jeez girl so i busted a u-turn and i was like oh i forgot blue's book i forgot your book on my counter did you go back and get it no so oh, i went shit. so I, I turned around how
1: excited i got you
0: were like you yeah, had no girl so wait so i turned around <laughs> And I looked at the time and it was 148 and I was like, oh my God. So I throw the dog, not literally throw the dog, PETA, but right. I grabbed the dog and like hurry him into the crate, right? Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have to bathe him when I get home. He should he's just covered in watermelon juice. He's covered in watermelon juice. And chow put the dog in the crate, latched all three latches, and turned right back around and left, got to the freeway and was like, her book. <gasps> and at this point, it's one fifty-two. So I'm like Girl, blue. I'm gonna have to Uber you your book later on, child. No, I.
1: Well, you know, I just had to get here. The day. This, <laughs> this, this, I'm happy you made it. To first of all, because that just shows how much you actually cared about being here. Yeah. You, you and the Tom Ford shade. So Trying. before anybody starts any rumors, because I know y'all like to start No, rumors. and I could
0: take my glasses off. I just don't want to squint. You know. so no, she's it. sober. She doesn't have any well, lashes. Your she skin
1: doesn't... looks great. Thank you, thank you.
0: And I was worried about that. No makeup, child.
1: No, no. Are you? You have glass skin. Are you serious?
0: No, I've been, I've been trying to restore it. It's been a time.
1: Let me see if your skin's restored then I need to not be here. Because I need you to No, you're beautiful skin. So here's the thing that's so interesting is I love the way you currently look. It's it feels it looks good on you. Thank you. But I recently saw that you were on a, another pod where you were talking about how like you didn't love it. Yeah. At and that's all. a fascinating thing when you look good to others but it doesn't feel good to you. Yeah. How do you reconcile the fact that we like it and you don't?
0: I don't care. Oh, shit. (laughs) I love y'all. What is that? Fuck y'all (laughs) feeling? You got to understand. I've never been more than 110 my whole life. 110 American pounds. pounds. So to be 100, as of uh, last week, 161.2.
1: That's like my goal weight. Are you kidding me?
0: I just can't. I can't do it. But girl, I I went for But
1: you don't see how nicely it's like packed in the right places? It's not. You're not built like an iPhone. It's
0: not. No, this is the thing. I, this is the thing. Okay. Okay. Unpack this for me while okay. I give you the side eye. I've been trying, right? Let me be, I want to see you. Um, okay. So I have been, I've learned how to hide it. Okay. So you, I I think the last time I saw you in person was Cardi's party. Yes.
1: Yeah, so you were sitting on my lap the whole night because there was no chairs. Correct.
0: <laughs> so. Um, and yeah. That was about, that, that was a very, time. You were very, you were very small. I was thin and yeah. I started to gain weight and suspected that I was pregnant, but didn't know for oh, sure.
1: wow!
0: And so I found out for sure uh-huh. later on. How and long after that did you find out? Uh, a little less than a month. So oh, before wow. like they, well, it might've been longer than that. It might've been longer than that. So you
1: were pregnant that night? Yes you are now like the fourth person who's been around me and the last time I saw them, they didn't know they were pregnant. And I'm just like, yeah. am I like a fertility god who just shows up when somebody's with child and doesn't know?
0: I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> and so, um, obviously, we've all seen the debacle and I really don't want to dredge it up. It's all in the book. Yeah. Um, But, gaining the weight And I don't even want to say it, but- Why not? Because I just, I feel like if I, I I just, I'm not ready. But anyway, Mm -hmm. so after the pregnancy, I'll just, I just got depressed.
1: Mm. That's real.
0: And it just, I'm older now. I just turned 36. Congratulations. Thank you. When's your birthday? March 4th.
1: So you are a- Pisces. uh, Pisces. Mm -hmm. That's amazing because Pisces are known for having all the feelings. I do. You're the last sign, so you're the leftovers of all the other signs. So you have every feeling.
0: I am very much, and people throw the word empath around, and I hate that for me. Yeah. Because But you're
1: an actual empath, A though. real life. I've been around you enough to be like you're an actual empath. Yeah,
0: and my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, and I didn't know what it meant. And really? The be- yeah, the best way he, he explained it to me, and it never left me. He said, mm-hmm. you are someone... Who can who adopts other people's feelings Mm -hmm. without knowing it and without intentionally doing so. But you also have the power to walk into a room and without knowing it and without intentionally doing so shift the energy. And if you're having a bad day, whether you mean for everyone else to have a bad day or not, everyone is going to have a bad day. If you walk into the room and you're having a great day, whether you know it or not, everyone's going to have a great day. And he said, and musically, that will work in your favor if you can learn to regulate your emotions. And when you feel like you can't regulate your emotions, you are a great writer and a storyteller. Just write it down. Your father said all this. Yeah. And I was like, I was young. How the hell was he
1: equipped with that language? Because that's a very evolved way. Like let's not act like that's a regular thing for a father to say to their daughter. Right. It's a very evolved way for a parent, let alone a male parent, uh-huh. to recognize, acknowledge and encapsulate what's happening with their child.
0: Um you would actually have to know my dad and to understand him, you'd actually have to know my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nana. Aww. Um to know how he became that way. But
1: That's not typical what he said to you in the way that he said it. That's not no, normal. No,
0: it's not. Um but it's a blessing though. Very much so. So I carried that with me and the emotional regulation part at my big age I'm still learning I mm-hmm. still slip and fall short and God's still working on both of us friend. He and indeed he, he is. And there's a couple people I got to fuck up before I get back to Yo, righteousness.
1: Can, can we can we just start right here, right? Because mm-hmm. I, the show's called Humanize. right? Then the entire point of the show is to humanize big personalities, big topics. Um one of my first guests was Jason Lee. Um, Bridget Kelly's come on a bunch of people who I'm not recognizing like that's a lot of love and hip-hop folks I did not realize that I was creating a space where people from love and hip-hop were showing up so much But I was excited about having you on because I feel like I'm always Defending you and I was you defend- are and I love you before that. I even Thank met you. you I'm like y'all need to understand this because I think maybe it's an empath thing now that you're explaining that your father knew that you were empath, I was like, Maybe that's it because there's a difference between someone who's having a strong emotion that they're working to regulate versus someone who is lying. And the thing that's always bothered me is how much people try to gaslight you out of your reality that's probably more on point than theirs <laughs> simply because mm-hmm. you have a little bass in your voice. And I can relate to that. And so I always said, "Monique, you can feel however the fuck you want about her. That girl is not a liar. Like I tell everybody yeah. that mother, tell me when was the last time she lied? Come on, go ahead. Point it out to me. And and people start stuttering.
0: And I wanna wanna be very clear. Yeah. Because I saw someone in particular who was under every post every time I'm in a blog, oh, and they drive me nuts. And they recently posted and said, or, or commented and said, "I'm the most non-victim victim that they've ever seen, and I never take accountability." Wow. So let's just start here, yeah, um, on loud and clear. And I hope this this particular portion of this interview goes viral because I take accountability Mm -hmm. at all times. Now, I have not been the most honest mother, woman, friend, daughter, sister, parent, person in general, Mm -hmm. okay? Everyone has lied. Yes. I, I, in my last couple of years, got into this space of normalizing lying to motherfuckers that don't belong in my business. Mm. And that's a fucking, there's a difference.
1: That's an important point of nuance. Yeah. And everyone's like, how
0: are you mad? And people are asking about your pregnancy. You went to the internet. Well, I've said several times, Mm -hmm. and I feel like people just don't want to hear it. They're not missing it. They're intention, they're not listening with the intention of understanding me or why. I, I do things the way that I do, or what pushed me to that point. Now, mm-hmm. it was brought to my attention that someone else was going to leak my pregnancy news.
1: Got it. And, okay.
0: and at first, that didn't shake me, phase me, rock me. Then I was on multiple three way calls like you do when you're in junior high and high school, mm-hmm. um, and the person didn't know and i recorded those those conversations God, oh, wow. i heard it with my own two ears and recorded them now in the state of california we are a reciprocity state which means you have to uh, inform someone mm-hmm. in order for that recording to hold any legal basis you have to inform that person that they are either and or being visu- visibly visually or audibly recorded mm-hmm. and obviously if this individual knew that one they would not have never gotten on the phone two they would have never said what they said mm-hmm. and been honest and so i've never leaked those um but i am in possession of those um and not just on oh wow yeah not just on one phone but i then downloaded that to my email and then i saved that to a file on the computer and then i saved that to a one terabyte lacy hard drive
1: wait do they know this
0: Yes, they're aware. And so what they did was um, file a bogus restraining order, which was dismissed because they didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Then they started calling me that night. Then they started going to my parents. Then they started screenshotting our our conversations um, and cropping and sending to my parents. And then when I would counter... I was being told, like, you send me one more text and I'll block you. That was from family. So What
1: what was the intention of this person doing all of this?
0: They were lying the entire relationship. Mm, They were... Okay. um, And, you know, had jumped out of a relationship with me after I left and gone into a relationship with the person they had told me was their god sister. And so... To, to make me seem like I was crazy like I was lying the first restraining order was filed well they didn't show up it was dismissed mm-hmm. um, I was then asked if I wanted some dick I said no wait
1: wait wait, wait yeah okay, wait.
0: yeah by the same by said mm. individual <laughs> okay,
1: I don't know I don't mean to laugh because it's very serious it is I was not expecting it why do people find the ability to offer dick in the middle of the most random situation I don't know
0: and so I'm I... gonna blow up your
1: life but by the way on my way home do you want some dick like are you serious yeah it's he was audacity. serious for me yeah
0: it must have been on clearance um (laughs) clearance dick yes
1: is that what we're calling the episode it was clearance dick
0: (laughs) um and so i declined the offer and two weeks later i was served with a new restraining order
1: Wow. now when we got
0: to court um i lost my entire fucking mind yeah i mean when i say zero emotional regulation Mm -hmm. they weren't going to be granted the restraining order i couldn't control my temper or my mouth and I was mad mm-hmm. and so mad that I was kicked out of the courtroom.
1: Oh, wait, wait, wait. You you made a scene is what you're saying.
0: It was just us, but I lost it. At, lie after lie. After, I just couldn't take anymore. Yeah. And so I lost it and they kicked me out of the courtroom. And then <laughs> my lawyer came out and was like, well, they granted the order. I said, appeal this shit.
1: Wait, do you understand this is the beginning of a sitcom, right? Like yeah. they, they show you, you being pulled out the whole, the courtroom. Uh, no one
0: pulled me out, but the bailiff definitely was on my bumper. <laughs> For sure. And after the door closed, I heard click, click, click,
1: click. And then, and then there's a pause in and says, you're probably wondering how I got here. Right. <laughs> you're,
0: you're like in one yes, of those Yes, and then a rewind. And then it's me exploding in the courtroom. So, But,
1: but even when you, here's the thing that I love about you in the moment we just had. I was talking about how when I'm watching the show and I'm watching things that are happening, I was watching you get gaslit. You're so honest, even though you're not giving yourself full credit for that, that even when someone's painting you in broad strokes in a complimentary way, you still feel the desire to point out the nuances so that you can like be clear that you're not perfect. There's yeah. an integrity in that. moment. I don't think you fully recognize sometimes how much integrity you show up with because it doesn't come up in a, like a pretty Oprah, like Gandhi kind of box but you have a lot of integrity more than a thank lot you. of uh, now that people. I,
0: now thank you cuz that I am very well aware of yeah i'm very well aware and again i'm not perfect i make mistakes of i've course. been i've been toxic to people that i've been in a relationship with and loved my own uh, and my family yeah. i've been a toxic co-parent uh, which makes me a toxic parent right yeah. um but this my desire to actually be better even on my worst day. Yeah. And I just made a post about this yesterday. You know, it's very, I hate the victim label that people like to give me. Because if you just look at my track record, it is the total Victims opposite don't swing like you. At, of a victim. Yeah, and you, you know, are know, I babe. say, <laughs> it's like, for instance, if I were such a victim, one, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Two, the people that label me the victim based off of what they see, and again there's uh, you, we have to take accountability in in that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm I've been judged based off based off of a reality show, but I did those things. Mm-hmm. I said those things. Yes, those were extenuating circumstances, but we can't negate that I displayed that behavior. Okay? So yeah. that's ownership and accountability.
1: I get it. Which is rare in and especially in the reality show sector ownership. because people love to blame the edit guys i just realized that we jumped into the conversation so quickly did we for those who don't i'm sorry no don't recognize the voice no i just want to give you your flowers. <laughs> this is a singer reality star mother and relentless truth teller i'm still gonna give you that moniker <laughs> Moni slaughter because i think that you are someone who represents so many women who people see as an easy mark and you make it really inconvenient for people to shit on you and I think that's why so many people are, are low key scared of you and trying to rob you of your reality. They're like, she yeah. just won't die. Like it doesn't matter what comes at and, you, you po- you bounce back up.
0: And that is what I said in my caption yesterday when I made that post. Mm-hmm. If I were y'all, want to see me jump? Yeah. Y'all want to see me shrivel and y'all want to see me miserable all my life long. Y'all want to see me unhappy. Y'all want to see me unhinged. And so a victim right? Gives into those things. A victim wallows, a victim stays there, right? And the other side of that is the only petty bone I now have in my body is to stay alive and fucking thrive just to piss the rest of you off. (laughs) Even on days where I don't, where I feel like if I went to sleep and God called me home, I would be okay with that. Even knowing that I'm not, I'm not, I probably wouldn't get into heaven. Okay, so let's just put no, it that you way. Might. No, I, we got
1: to be realistic. There might when be a are, mezzanine between heaven and hell. I feel like there has to be a mezzanine no, for some of us. You know, <laughs> just the way that
0: I was raised and what I believe in. It's black and white, and okay. I wouldn't be going to heaven if I if I lay down and close my eyes and the Lord call me tonight. Unfortunately, I'd be right here because hell is on earth. Come Ooh, judgment day, bars. Come judgment day, and we're all standing on the judgment line, and he looks at us. and yeah. he, I would be one that he. I don't know who you are. That Aww. would be my reality right now, but. Right. A victim would just, it would be over for me, you know, at this point. And I just refuse because y'all hate me so much. I'm not going to die slowly.
1: She said, I'm going to thrive to spite you. I'm going to
0: thrive just to spite you. So I'm very much that person. And I'm going to come out on the other side of this. You know, I have proof of pregnancy. I have all those things. Mm -hmm. And at the height of all that, I was talking to one of my mentors and I was going to pee on a stick on live and she said, (laughs) I was. The way you say this stuff casually. (laughs) Because I was. And and she was like, why? They're going to say that you literally manipulated the stick. They're going to say, and this is a big, big person. And she literally was like, if you did that, they would say you got somebody else's pee. You opened one stick, but you already dipped another stick in the Like, it wasn't going to matter. You could show your ultrasounds. They'd say you got it from Google. Like, at this point, they are committed to not believing you.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Mm -hmm. they could look at you and know that you went from in a jiff in a second. I mean, I went to sleep one size and woke up another size. Um, And they'll say that it's not what it is. You didn't gain that weight because of that. And you have to remember, well, not remember, but a lot of people that I could trust saw me,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: watched my stomach move, like like in court. I, I mean, in court... The bitch broke down looking at my stomach when I took my, my, my you know, shout out to H&M, that oversized blazer got me through a lot. Um, <laughs> but she broke down in tears because it was, she's not pregnant, she's not pregnant, and then bow, here I am. Clearly. 19 weeks. Yeah. Wow. and At that point, it's undeniable. And with Cameron, I wasn't, the size I was this time, I wasn't that size with Cameron until I was about seven months.
1: And like you said, you're much older and your body does interesting Changing things. And I hate the term geriatric pregnancy. Yeah, that's how I felt. I have a friend who's being induced in labor today, actually. And um, Shout out to her. Yeah, and she is 42.
0: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Girl, sit up. She's going to see this. <laughs> and I was just like, Ooh. and I went to her last sonogram with her. Mm-hmm. And they, kept, and, and I just kept on thinking, geriatric pregnancy. It's a strong language. Y'all, y'all couldn't find nothing, no other way to say this? No. It feels demoralizing to be told you're having a geriatric pregnancy when you still think you're cute and popping. And you know what I mean? Like, you could be cute and popping, but you're geriatric. Don't do that. <laughs> and here's the thing that I have to ask you because when Richard and I talk, love she, her. She, I love her. And she actually was supposed to be here today, but she got a, a nice little gig singing uh, the on, national sing, anthem sing. For, the, for the Knicks. So she's excited. She has so much PTSD around being on Love and Hip Hop. Mm hmm. How do you? First of all, I want to know what made you decide to do the show, mm-hmm. because you know it's it's a crapshoot how you're going to be treated, especially in the edit. People, I didn't. You didn't. So, what made you decide to choose the no. show? And how do you feel about it in, the, in in the distance now, in the aftermath of it?
0: I have a love or hate love hate relationship just overall with the show. Okay. So we can start with that one. Two. I did the show because first of all, <laughs> this is crazy. So I had heard that they were filming mm-hmm. in L.A. Um, and Did you know who was cast by, when you heard I about it? I knew that Eric Bellinger at the time Amazing and his course. ex, um, Christina Amor, they were on the show. I knew that um, Tank and Zena were potentials. I didn't. I don't know whatever happened with that. I know that um, Joy, and I hope I'm saying her name. I don't know if it's Joy or Joey mm-hmm. uh, Chavez. Yes, Bal- Joy, Joy Chavez. Joy? Yeah. Okay, she was on the show. Um, that's an amazing lineup yeah wow. and then there was Tiara there was Tiara I'm not gonna say the other person's name cause it's child fucker but <laughs> um, Morgan Hardman Ray J Princess like so and it was we all knew um, knew each other in real life in yeah. real life so Miss um, Diddy Sincere um, and so we were part oh and Omarion and at the time I didn't know April but April and we were part I love
1: how Omarion was the was by the oh yeah and, and, and by the way Omarion <laughs>
0: Yeah, and because he was it was so fleeting. I think they were there for what two sec two seasons. Yeah, they they were Yeah, and so um long story long, I guess Omari there was they were there was they were doing a recast, which happens every season yeah. halfway through. People that you think are going to sh- you know, they're larger than life in person personalities don't translate like that on camera. Mm-hmm. They don't want to open up. Um they shut down and so it doesn't work, right? And now here's this recast. I'm at the time living at home, sleeping on my parents' couch. I've got a clerical job, walking to and from work. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. And I had a little Metro PCS slide, like up and down phone that had like minutes. Friend, what year was this?
1: 2014. Oh. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stunning honesty. You, you guys see I've what why I this, love her? I've
0: told this story before. But but but, but I, my audience
1: knows me, and those <laughs> those who are not fully aware of uh-huh. why I fucks with you, they're gonna be like, oh, that's why I blew like so. This girl is not playing.
0: Yeah, so I was walking to the grocery store girl. and I got a call from um Lisa Lee King, the casting director. And She's given me these, you know, she's telling me she her, My number came across her desk and she's giving me these like she, she's telling me about the show.
1: She's selling you on it.
0: But she's not said what the name of the show is. And I said, is this Love in hip hop Hollywood? And she goes, how did you know? Oh, and so I tell her not in a mean way, yeah. but she was just like, I haven't said anything. And so I told her who I knew and what I had heard. And she was like, OK. And I said, and how did you get my number? Because no one had that number. And she got it from Drew, and he did not tell me, and so I get this call. The irony. I get this call, and I get back home and I tell my parents, and then I call Drew and I'm like, "Did you give my number to the casting people at For Eleven Hip Hop?" And he was like, "Yeah." I said, "Why?" And he was like, well, I just felt like it would be a good opportunity. You know, you could revamp your music career. You know, blah 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 blah." Okay. Right, and so it's at the time, it's for I'm himself. I'm not knowing this. Mm-hmm. I'm not knowing that I'm being put up on the chopping block as the sacrificial lamb. Very much sacrificial lamb. And they will say that I'm a victim, but I don't care. I, I was completely unknowing. Now, my father is a ten-time Grammy Award-winning gospel singer. When I was, that's where you get your voice from. Well, he's not my biological dad. Okay, so this is also oh, so giving. so music is just all around
1: you, biologically and otherwise. Yes. Oh, nice.
0: So um we're not knowing that this is, you know, reality TV at this time was still like new. Mm-hmm. Not really, because you know, Ray J was like one of the first people to do it do it. Um, and he's so good. And he's so great at he's it, so right? Good at it. But I'd never done that. So I didn't know how this was gonna work. You but know? you were gonna be
1: an archetype and not a person. Yeah, I just thought yeah. I was
0: gonna go on there and live my life and, you know, whatever. And so I grew up. Just like Drew, in the era when we were signed and we were in groups and we were doing, we had, we didn't have social media. Mm-hmm. And when we took label meetings, we went into the label. But before that, leading up to that big meeting day, right? Our shopping day, we were running on the track, singing, vomiting. We were in training. We were being uh, physically trained. We had vocal lessons. We were, you were working. It's going to be making the band. It was very much so that in real life, right? And so I noticed that, hey, this might help me musically, right? Because the game was shifting. Everybody was blowing up from YouTube. And I just was never into, like, all that, you know? Mm -hmm. So So you were super naive in all that. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. And I went in for the first meeting and said I didn't want to do it. And then all of a sudden, now I'm getting pictures of Cameron when he's with his dad. Now all of a sudden Drew is making sure Cameron is calling me before bed. Now all of a sudden it's hey, I know you're, you know, at your parents and sometimes they don't, you know, allow you to make the schedule with Cam, but Cam and I are gonna go to the park. Do you wanna meet us? Hey. Oh, so he was grooming you. Yeah. Buttering me up per mm-hmm. se. And so I went in back in for the second meeting. Only because when they called me, I said, I don't want to do it. And something tells me that he's going to flip on me. And they were like, no, 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 just come back in. So I went back in. They said, he told us you guys have joint custody. He told us that you guys are co-parenting. He told us that, you know, you guys get along, you have your issues or whatever. But, you know, he didn't say anything negative about you, yada, 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 yada. We just want to shoot a test scene. Well, that test scene ended up being season one, episode one, (gasps) scene two.
1: Oh my, are you serious? (laughs) Your test scene
0: ended up being episode in episode one of season one, and it was the second scene. So Omari had given Drew the opportunity, and then Drew brought me in, and this is the first time now that I have found out that he's in a relationship and had been for years. (gasps) So this whole bitter baby mama, I am so in love with my baby daddy. If that were the case, I would have known about this other woman years ago. Now, to my credit- I'm stunned right now. And this is where I am going to pat myself on the back. We never, we being my family, never got Cameron back from a visit with his dad. So who are you around? Did you meet- So Cameron never said anything to any of us. I'd heard mention of her one time years prior through Cameron, but he called her Manu. Mm. And I was not thinking of a person. I thought he made this person up, but I've never seen her, not at his games, not at anything. And then his birthday party is like third or fourth birthday party. She was there, but she wasn't introduced as Manu. She was introduced as this is my girlfriend. So, again, even though I had met her and I had heard mention of her, I did not know that Manu was the girlfriend, was Amanda, had been in the family for two years, right? So, when I met Get her. The fuck
1: out. That's a blindside. Yeah.
0: When I met her at his birthday party, I didn't know that that, and that was a year prior. I didn't know that that was the same girl that I was, going, that I was filming with. That was also the same girl that Cameron had mentioned a year before I met her as Manu that one time. Fle- it just was fleeting.
1: I have a question real quick. He sounds like a Disney villain. I'm not going to hold you, right? Like, <laughs> And so it's very dastardly. I'm waiting for him to twirl his handlebar mustache. And so I'm wondering why move so funny? Like, Why does he move so funny with you? um i because that's the one thing that that always stuck out i was like he acts weird around her in a way that feels calculated but not in a good way like he's calculating but he's not carrying the one and he's a calculator and so you can tell there's an an attempt being made correct and whether he's successful or not the attempt is clearly being made and why you what is it about you do you think that makes you seem like an easy target for him in that way
0: i think because there was just i think he thought that home life was one way Mm mm-hmm um a lot of people do until they experience the home life and then they go okay all right and not that my home life was totally shitty but come on let's not act like we all don't know that there's this contentious source this a lot of me and my mom don't have a good relationship we never have mm-hmm. we probably never will so um you know but saw she was the weak link is what you're saying she can make you believe that i just was a shitty parent didn't want to be there, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I also got kicked out season one. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, so that made it easier. And then there's the infamous scene season two where she tells him to take me to court, take full custody, file for child support, and pay for help. That's hurtful. Um, and so I, really hurtful. I guess she she alleges that she had told him the same thing as well. But it was in that moment that he realized, okay, maybe you don't have the support that I thought you had, that I was being told you had, that maybe even looked one way to me when I was a part of your family. Um, And so. I think he was very bitter. I think he thought that I just didn't want to be there. But even that, like I wasn't. Just all over the place. Like I was He was
1: harshly judging you, not realizing that you didn't have the resources that he thought you had. Yeah. And yeah. so
0: um the first season I was still on the bus. Um The first season of, of, of you being yeah. on a VH1
1: mm-hmm. show that would go on to be very popular, mm-hmm. you were still taking the bus. Mm-hmm. Girl, I'm I stunned. didn't get to
0: start saving and get out of debt. Like I had worked my, like I was getting out of debt season one, season two. I didn't really start, get to start, like start saving my money until season three. Did they I, pay you well? Did they pay you well like, As the time one? went on, but season one, knowing what I know now, no. Okay. Um, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season three, I really got to start to stack my bread and um, still wasn't easy. I still had financial droughts for sure um lots of that's this industry yeah. yeah um and so i i think that he just to close that segment i think that he just felt like i had it easy and i was just putting my parental responsibility on him by choice and that just wasn't the case and so i think there was a lot of bitterness and it was an aha! I'm gonna get you, sucker. And then it turned into without him ever saying it. You know what this is? It's not like you know. I really hate you in real life, so just go with it. This type is just thing. content. Smile long, and cash a yeah, check like the rest but, of us. Yeah, but you are blindsiding me, and so now what happens is I, like you said, you're not carrying the one, and and you probably need a calculator. But now here's where my intuition and my insight kicks in, and my ability to hold it together if I have an agenda. So if I know I have an agenda, because now I'm on to you, and this is a cycle, you 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 apologize on camera, mm-hmm. off camera you go back to being a piece of shit, you never meant the, the apology, so why even give it? And now, and you, now look, you look better for not receiving a fake apology. Correct, and now yeah. three seasons in, aha, I see what this is. So every season I'm going to have to fight a new co-parenting war, he's gonna wage war, because that's the only thing that we can fight about is Cameron. We don't I feel have... like you were
1: his storyline up until he got with April. I, I feel yes. like you were constantly being I was. fuel for him to even justify I was. him but being then, there. But,
0: but then look at how much smaller his role got over time. It did. As I became a bigger figure. And Staple.
1: Do you think he was felt, he felt blindsided that you ended up being
0: I think he a bigger like star in the show than he did? I don't think he liked that because he would say things like, he gave me the platform. But oh, here's the thing. Take it all the way back to that second Omarion meeting. Omarion said he was <clears throat>
1: sleeping uh, somewhere funky. T- like Omarion said recently that no, he, he was, didn't have it together. He
0: was sleep- He was living with his mom. But I'm not going to be shady because I was living with my parents no, too. No, but I'm saying like to judge you when mm-hmm. you guys are going through equitable moments of transition Co- to correct. me but he, is fucked up to me. But his mom what it it was and still is when he needs her she is right there you know so um it was different he couldn't fathom my parents not dropping everything to be hands-on grandparents in support of me the way that his mom was which is why he said in that scene when he broke down i didn't have a dad and i'm doing it and you know i don't know where i would be if i didn't have my mom Do you understand? And she said, just when she, you know, gave him a hug and said, what you're asking of me, I can't do because I've done it already. In other words, my kids are grown. I don't want to sacrifice for the sake of my grandchild on behalf of my daughter, who I kicked out and and needs, you know, and you need the extra support. So you take her to court. You get child support. You pay for help. But ironically, my mother had live in help.
1: You know what I'm thinking as you're talking about this is that this episode is airing right around Mother's Day. Um, Oh, no. Abort. (sighs) Abort. Abort. (laughs) (laughs) I have questions around to be a mom and to be trying to figure out how to do it the best you can when you didn't have what you needed Mm -hmm. and to be judged so harshly on your motherhood year after year after year. That has to be hurtful and, and a lot triggering, right? How do you reconcile your feelings around motherhood considering you're constantly being robbed of the ability to like feel proud about it without someone wanting to like jump in and add their two cents. To me that would be maddening.
0: Oh yeah, I get very angry. Yeah. But you know what? My son is older. Um he's me. So mm. that meaning like that mouth. So, he, does he get
1: it? Is he in on the joke? Does he see what they're doing or does does he sometimes you have to like have a conversation and be like I need you to know what's wrong and what's not.
0: No, he because he, I do a very good job for the most part, and again, I'm not perfect, I'm so I've I've failed in at times at censoring him from adult life and and preserving his or adult content and conversations and preserving his innocence at time, mm-hmm. and so the older he got, I, we. You know, my dad and I did have a discussion with him about depression and what that is.
1: You guys did. Yeah, we had to. How old is he now?
0: He's 13 now. That conversation. You've already
1: had that conversation with him and he's only 13. I had to. So that was
0: season six, I think. Five or six when I had a moment. And, no, that was season six. And he said, I don't understand why I can't just have a normal mom. Mm. That was when, you know, or that was season five. I don't know, five or six. And that was when... We had to have the conversation because he was inter and he said you only she only gets frustrated when I come home. So he was internalizing that as she gets frustrated and she's sleepy and she's stressed and she's overwhelmed when I come home because he's not there with me that other week. So he doesn't know that the little bit that I am able to do wasn't even being done when he was. I wasn't eating when he wasn't home. I wasn't sleeping when he wasn't home. I wasn't getting up when he wasn't home. And so he can't. He doesn't know that, you know, so all he sees is, you know, I pick him up from school, I order food, I stop and I pick up food, I sleep, I get up, I check on him. And, you know, now we're at practice or now, you know, we're getting ready for bed and now we wake up and we do it all over again tomorrow. But I have no energy. I'm not fun. I feel like I'm going to sneeze
1: and a lot of the things that you're, you're saying it's so funny because there's a lot of people who are listening to this who are like "Well, girl sounds like me and they don't realize that they might be high functioning depressed that they are oh
0: I'm low functioning I do not function a lot of all. folks don't
1: realize that the depression doesn't always just look like I want to run into the jump into the river it's just right. like I'm just kind of dragging myself through life and they normalize that behavior Right. and I have a question are you in any way regretful of being on that show or are you in a space where you can reconcile that you got enough from it to have made it worth
0: it um well, to wrap Cam up, you know, Cam and I, 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 I don't have to have those conversations with him about what's real and what's not.
1: Thirteen in the Jewish community is considered a man. Like yeah. he's smart. Now if he at this came age.
0: to, he's always been smart. If he came to me, I would definitely break it down for sure. Yeah. Um. But for instance, he still sleeps with me, and somebody attacked me online for that. We still co-sleep. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and someone attacked me online for that, and I said, you know, what's crazy about that is. Me co-sleeping with my son at thirteen. I think we forget that thirteen is still a, is still a baby, yeah, it is. and so I'm going to allow him to sleep with me for as long as he wants to sleep with me he'll go to his own bed when he wants to go to his own bed as he starts to have his little feelings or whatever. You
1: must have done something right cuz a 13-year-old boy sometimes don't even want to look at their mother like leave me alone yeah, lady public, so the fact that he you know, wants to be embarrassed around you.
0: or whatever, but like at home, you know, he's, he's all a big over baby. Me, and so and now, you know, we're just we have so much fun but he still sleeps with me. Um, he likes to play footsies cause he goes right to sleep. He still needs skin to skin contact. Mm. So even in the middle of the night, I'm like sweating or I roll over and I've been mad and I've literally had to pick him up limp and move him because he's got to find some part of my body in the That's night. That's his love
1: language. It's physical yeah. touch for him. And yeah. so,
0: you know, I said to that person, I think we forget that 13 is still a baby. Yeah. And for you to see anything wrong with a mother and a child co-sleeping at this age, why are you hypersexualizing my thirteen year old?
1: Uh, let me tell you something. Um, at my biggest, I mean, my I, I, once I hit like thirty six, I, I was going through a breakup and I wanted to sleep with my mother. I, at thirty six, I tried to sleep in my mother's bed with her. She kicked me off so fast, like if you don't get the hell off of me. But it's it's crazy you mentioned being a child. You can be an adult
0: yeah. and still just
1: want to be up under your mother. Yeah. Like, we don't ever outgrow the desire to have a mother's love. And I think a lot of people who don't have that or who are not used to young men in particular being allowed to show emotion in that way. Mm -hmm. Because what that tells me is there's something about your relationship where he feels like you give him permission to be vulnerable in that way. Yes,
0: and that's my whole point. He knows that he can have his meltdowns. He knows that. And I didn't handle those well Mm -hmm. in the beginning. I was very much giving off my mother. And I hated that. Oh. And so I told my therapist and I blew up one time, went off. I mean, I was cussing. It was like, it was terrible. And he got out of the car and ran into my mom's house. He threw his phone and then she calmed him down and he, he texted me and he said, can I get my apology? <laughs> 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 and so I apologized and I told him, you know, no one should ever talk to you like that. You don't deserve that. Oh, and no. I was extremely, mommy was so wrong and you are right. I owe you an apology, and that will never happen again. And it didn't.
1: So you advocated for him, acknowledged his feelings, and apologized. Well, I was
0: the one that flew off the handle. I was so overwhelmed, and he was being such a brat. And I was. But just you still, like,
1: you still advocated for him to have his feelings, and and you, knew that. Yeah. Let me tell you something, okay? I've
0: never, I never Our felt Caribbean.
1: We don't do that. So for me, that's felt, a big deal.
0: <laughs> I never felt like my feelings were validated growing up. Mm, so you're only from my dad. I didn't. You're feel, being the
1: mother that you wish you had in a lot of I'm ways. I'm trying
0: trying the effort matters yeah so therapy grief counseling psychiatry meds like all that for me is very very crucial to being able to push through when i feel like i can't
1: what would you say to somebody who is hearing your story and saying well i thought i wanted to be on a reality show but don't she is making it sound like the pit well you know
0: what i had i'm glad for what it did monetarily Good. The visibility is a gift and a curse. I mean, the visibility is excellent.
1: Everybody it's knows a, who you are. It's a gift
0: and a curse. Everybody thinks they know who I am. Yeah. That's the curse. What's the biggest misconception?
1: First of all, she's not crazy, y'all. She is a person who, like all of us, is work, like working and fighting for her mental health. I feel like when I come on the show and tell people about my mental health struggles, they're shocked because they're used to thinking crazy and that word means a certain thing. We're all in a world that's meant to drive us crazy. And we're all fighting to protect our mental health. And you've had to fight, unfortunately for you, in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. But you're not that different from us. So aside from the people's assumptions about your mental health, what do you think, if someone was to like be open to hearing, knowing your heart, what do you wish the audience knew about you?
0: Um, I'm definitely the person that will give somebody their last. I believe that. I've opened my doors. I, I grew up with an open door policy. My dad grew up with an open door policy. Um, my mother and father had an open door policy. When I was growing up, they took in all the kids from the inner city mm. that rode the bus to school, fed them, you know, we would swim, they would, you know, sometimes my mom would drive them all the way back to Inglewood or all the way back to Compton after um, you know, school baseball games or football games. So I grew up very much in that type of environment. Yeah, you had a tribe and a family so, structure, yeah. Yeah, and so I also think that another misconception of me is that I just grew up under these really shitty circumstances. My mother was, was not and is not the best mom um, to me. Um, but she did the best that she could. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot of grace in that sentence. Yeah, and hopefully because I need grace too. I just like I said, I haven't been always been the on, most honest daughter. I haven't been the most respectful daughter. I haven't been the most you know easy child.
1: So you give the grace that you ask for.
0: I'm learning yeah. to do that. That's not something I've ever been keen to. I've never It's a new muscle that you're it's flexing. A new, I'm trying. I'm ex, I'm exercising it. I'm not able to flex it fully yet. Yeah. But I am just in a space where I'm not gonna keep going tit for tat with anybody. I don't care who you are, you can go. If it's going to Help me sleep if it's going to. And I, and again, I just had a, a moment after that last podcast. Mm. People beat me down on the internet about lying about being pregnant. I'm like, bro, show proof of pregnancy. And niggas stay, like they didn't post that. Like, so it just never. It's never gonna be enough. Yeah. It's never gonna. F- you think I lied? Fine. Fuck it. I lied. You think well, you, you know? You yeah. think this? Uh, fuck it. Then I did it. I, I I don't. You think I ratted on my old roommate? Okay, then I ratted. Like. Everybody wants to browbeat me with the bag of accountability. What about the rest of you motherfuckers? Like, take accountability for the fact that you're lying. Take accountability for the fact that you're loud and wrong. Take accountability for the fact that there's been emotional and verbal abuse here on both ends. Mm -hmm. We're not just going to keep holding my feet to the fire. I don't give a fuck. If you are my parent, you've been dead ass the fuck wrong.
1: Accountability has to be reciprocated. And if you don't want to take that accountability,
0: that's okay. But don't get on the Internet and hoot and holler about being a mental health advocate, and you are one of the main people who plays one of the biggest roles in the degradation of my, and deterioration of my mental wellness. And like you said, people think when they hear the term mental illness, and I was just talking to my aunt about this last night, I really want them in the medical world, especially the medical world world of mental health, Mm -hmm. to start classifying things differently because, when you hear the term mental illness, There's you think attached. on the street, homeless, talking to yourself, beating yourself in the head, dirty, uh, delusional, all, all of this. right? Yeah. And so I think that mental illness, my brother has a mental illness mm-hmm. and it's grave. He'll probably never be able to be in a relationship. He'll probably never have friends. He'll probably never be able to have a job and he'll probably never really fully be able to live alone right? Oh, that's um. And so I feel like that is a mental illness. I have never been diagnosed with bipolar, borderline personality disorder, any of these other things. And so I have paid a lot of money for extensive mental health testing, from SSRI tests to sleep tests, genome testing to tell me what I'm genetically predisposed to, um, blood work to tell me what my, my fucking serotonin, that's SSRI, but... <laughs> What is contributing to the lack of serotonin? What is contributing to my lethargy? What is contributing to my- You're seeking to understand what's going on so you can be empowered to do something about it. Desperately, because in my darkest moments, I then go, okay, am I completely delusional? Did I miss a whole chunk of my life that for some reason I have chosen to forget and block from my emotional memory where I indeed was diagnosed with these things? Because even depressed people, do they feel like this? Do they go through this? Am I tripping? I hear about high functioning depression. How come I can't function? How come I'm so angry? How come? And so learning how to like figure all this out, every time I panic, I go back in for more testing and they're like, it's not that like, and then I had to be honest, I lack discipline. I don't want to eat well. I don't want to work out. It's hard getting a lot of sleep and that's just what it is and so i'd rather go lay on the table
1: the irony of people because what what i'm hearing talking to you if if there are any
0: doctors out there (laughs) that would like to take my case there are people who probably relate to you
1: is what i'm hearing is i just realized that i've been looking looking at you this entire time i didn't i forgot we were even on camera people need to stop weaponizing accountability like if it sounds like you are sincerely doing everything possible to seek healing and people only tend to ask you to be accountable when they want to keep you in check. It's almost like if you ever really got healed in the way that you're seeking, it would be inconvenient for them because then they wouldn't be able to weaponize accountability with you anymore. They wouldn't be able to write these narratives about you anymore. And so I want you to know explicitly that there are those of us who are rooting for you to get your healing. And I need you to hear that because sometimes even if somebody's rooting for you, you need them to look at you and be like, girl, I'm rooting for you for real. Like I see your light. Right? And your feelings do matter. And some of us watch that show and watch the attempts and we still saw your heart. Not everybody is the trolls.
0: Yeah, I know. And I try to engage with those people, but again, I'm only human, you know, and mm-hmm. I think the accountability piece in part also it's it looks different for everyone. Yeah, it does. Right? So, my mom is going to need me. Accountability for her is going to look one way. Yeah. And I need accountability on her behalf to me has to look a certain way. And accountability from her friends or your friends or any anyone in our lives, what we feel we need for closure, healing, and accountability from them is relative. It yeah. is relative based on, first of all relative, relative to each person, based on on them, yeah. their personality type, their love languages, their beliefs experience. their their experience and m- more importantly my therapist just told me it's always going to be rooted in their belief of who you are and what you've done wrong they could be wrong about certain things
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and so you might not be able to give them accountability at that level because if they're wrong you don't and agree you on the premise infi- indeed do that say that behave you know what i mean yeah then you're not going to be able to to satiate that portion of what they're expecting you have from to you.
1: agree on what you're even being accountable for before you can be accountable for it it's so crazy because our, our producer telling and we have to wrap up this this hour went by extremely fast so you have to come back
0: for us yes, to i was late
1: but 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 you have to come back because I I feel like there's so much about accountability being relative that I think is powerful, because the thing about how can I take responsibility for something that we I don't even agree that I did, and that's where things
0: get very tricky, right? Well, I know we have to wrap up, but really quickly, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, you know what? It, I, I think that that is incorrect. One thing we we are gonna probably agree to disagree on. Here's why. Sometimes. So there are feelings and there are facts. Absolutely. And I might not feel like I did anything wrong. Uh huh. But if I genuinely love you and you're saying you feel wronged by me, mm-hmm. then even though I don't think I did that, we're both operating in a feeling. Oh, I don't you're, disagree with that you're, at all. You're operating in a in a basis of this is how I feel, mm-hmm. and I'm operating on a base in a in a space of well, I don't feel that that feeling is warranted or correct but i love you so i'm going it's to take valid, accountability whether it's or not and i to validate mm-hmm. those feelings for you because i love you and then just let that be right
1: that's an evolved stance and i actually agree with that stance what i was saying is that there are people who can't get there because in their minds i don't agree that it happened and so i can't be accountable oh and yeah, yeah. those people are the ones who find themselves bristling because in their minds, they get cognitive dissonance. They're like, how am I agreeing to something? And it's like, whether you agree or not, do you love them? So I actually agree with you with that. Mm. But there's a lot of folks who unfortunately can't get there because their emotional intelligence is too low. And that's why I, I, I wanted you on the show. I'm so happy you came on the show Emotional intelligence is not always the person who speaks like a college professor and who's always keeping their feelings restrained and who never has an explosion. Sometimes the girl who you're judging on a reality show, sometimes the girl who's spicy, sometimes the girl who does let their feelings get the best of them still might be ironically more emotionally intelligent than everybody who's around her pointing a finger.
0: Yeah, I mean.
1: Because you're a human being. When we, we, okay, you have to come back.
0: 24th. I, <laughs> you gave me two dates, the 20th and the 24th. I, I can come back you on the You have to come back. And so
1: here's the thing. <laughs> I, I want you to make sure that you tell people, number one, about your book. Because yes. I really do. I want the book, too, by the way, friend. I, want I will you, bring it back. I'll bring <laughs> I it back. want you to tell them where they can find you. Although I feel like you have millions of followers and they probably already know where they can find you. But for those of us who want to be reminded where they can find you on social media, the name of your book, and anything else that you want us to know about how to keep in touch with you and your journey. Because... There are people who you might be surprised who are going to hear this conversation mm-hmm. and see themselves in you, and they might be surprised themselves. So yes.
0: So the book is called Mayhem. Um, mayhem: uh, Memoir to Mental Health. Um, I don't know the name of the website off the top of my head. I believe it's just Mayhem. But what's your IG and your in, social? Yeah, I was going to say you can um, pre-order the book in my Instagram uh, bio. The link is there, and that is Monis underscore Slaughter that's pretty much really the only place I interact. Um, I'm starting to You're love Twitter. Friend, I love it. I, I'm starting to love Twitter. Twitter You're is. You're on Twitter now? I've always been on Twitter. Twitter's the wild, wild West, y'all. So, I but, love Twitter. But you live the edge friend. We cut up on Twitter. And my Twitter is <laughs> Kali's World. K-A-L-I-S. Because when I was signed to Akon... And then I got the blue check, and now I can't change the name. But, uh-huh. you know, child, they finna take our blue checks away today. Yeah,
1: yeah, I heard about that. The legacy account. Uh, I heard about the blue checks going away. And that's away. why
0: Elon's thing crashed, blew up today. Cause I don't see, even want to talk about
1: how I feel about Twitter, because then I'll get me in trouble. That's a whole other episode, guys. You guys know I'm at Bluecentric. This is Blue. And um, please know that Monis is not just someone who's a relentless true teller and an author, an authoress. Yes. You are actually a really good singer Thank you. and I'm saying actually because a lot of you know that people from love and hip-hop are always in the studio for for film and then you wonder if they have any talent she actually has real talent guys please 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 if you google this woman and listen to her sing you'll be like oh shit I might have underestimated you definitely underestimated me and, and, the and I album love is that ready. about you
0: when the you, album is we're ready. gonna talk about the album at some yes. point
1: <laughs> uh, you guys know uh our tagline is that we're all just human beings doing doing human shit um and I think this episode in particular is a beautiful reminder to be gentle with yourself
0: oh for sure because that matters giving yourself grace is big B- very very big all right love you
1: guys for watching um, at least we'll be back at some point yes. until next time bye that was
0: so I'm sorry I was welcome to the candle power hour come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who are there Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time.